0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham junior He
3: gonna catch it, he did. Hello everyone and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag, as always my name is Colum Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined once again by Sean Siegel, uh, Sean, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> It's a very nice time of the off-season. We get to kind of think with all our thoughts. You can kind of rest between shows and and gather up uh, some of your insights for... Um, what we're going to do this off season, but we've been talking a lot of dynasty uh, over the last couple of weeks and that'll continue throughout uh, the off season. we'll be talking a lot now obviously of uh, draft focused content as well looking ahead to uh, some of the the upcoming prospects here we're also going to be talking quite a bit of best ball and we're going to be doing that on today's show as we look at the best ball workshop we're also going to be talking a little bit later in the show uh, regarding volatility and fantasy football we're going to be looking at uh, one of the relatively new writers up on the site with a, a very very, very interesting piece. we will be diving through um, in in just a couple of moments. Sean, uh, we're still still going strong here in the off-season two shows a week format. Um, How has this week been for you?
1: Awesome. And partly that's because of Mike Beers and his fantastic tools. You mentioned we're going to talk some best ball today. And if you haven't, if you subscribe to the site, then make sure you go in and play with the tools. If you haven't, you're really missing out. If you're considering subscribing, I think that you'll be very happy that you did when you go in and you look at the roster construction explorer uh, from Mike beers, looking at how you can approach these best ball drafts and where you can get certain types of values that you may not be aware of. Even if you played hundreds if not thousands of best ball leagues, Already, There are some cool things in here for both novice drafters and certainly for experts. And once you put it all together, it really turns your drafts into a money machine. So if you're looking to pay back that subscription very quickly, then the RCE is a way to do that. Certainly excited to to get into it on today's show.
3: Yeah it's going to be fun and as Sean mentioned there uh, you can sign up to the website and if you haven't already you can get yourself a 10% listener discount available through the NFL podcast homepage it's com forward slash podcast get ready for the draft get ready for the 2020 season and all that good stuff uh, make sure you're signed up today and save yourself that 10% it's com forward slash podcast sean i did ask you this a couple of weeks ago i'm going to put you on the spot again before we get into the best ball content uh we're two weeks through the xfl have you tuned into any of the action i I find myself uh following along on twitter uh, a couple of times here there and there has been some fun times but have have you paid much attention to it so far
1: i haven't but i've Been excited to hear all of the great feedback. Uh, Certainly seems like football players, uh, athletes of all stripes are getting into it. There's some enthusiasm about it across the, the fantasy landscape. And so all of this, I think, is great for football and certainly great for fantasy owners.
3: Yeah, I think so as well. So we'll see what comes of it. We might uh, check in every couple of weeks to see (laughs) what's happening. But uh, always good to have a little bit of uh, entertainment going around um, in terms of different fantasy content um, and different fantasy elements. So we'll see. Hopefully the XFL can have a, a little bit of a run here and sustain itself. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. The fear with all leagues when they start up is that they can, as we've seen with the AAF, they can uh, face plant pretty pretty quickly. But we're going to look today at the NFL and we're going to look at the best ball uh, in terms of the best ball workshop. Sean, you talked this week, uh, or I believe late last week actually uh, talking about uh, one of the lessons that you've looked into here and it's uh, in terms of boosting the win rate with a rare quarterback hack. So uh, do you want to give the listeners uh, some insight into what uh, they need to be doing with the quarterback position to boost that one rate for 2020.
1: Yeah. And just to, to start off here, we want to look at kind of what we did last season. So the quarterback hack uh, lesson is the first lesson in the 2020 best ball workshop. We look at the 2019 best ball workshop and we find out, as we mentioned on the show uh, last week had fantastic results. The running back lesson had a 12.4% win rate, the wide receiver lesson at eight, point nine percent win rate this QB lesson that we're about to talk about a nine point three percent win rate tight end up to eleven point four defense nine point nine and when we look at those those lessons are sort of in a vacuum where owners are still making big mistakes in other areas of the draft Once we start to put the lessons together, then the win rates look really cool, right? If we take the the lessons from all of the flex positions, so the players who are flex elbow, running back, widers who are tight end, we use those three lessons together, the win rate jumps to 18.8%. And your top six percentage, if you're playing that kind of format, jumps to 69.7%. So obviously fantastic results there. Maybe you want to be free to do whatever you want with the flex positions and you just want to follow the QB and the defense lessons. Then you get a 10.5% win rate and a 58% top six percentage. So again, very, very encouraging in terms of what you can do and how this will help you. So jumping then specifically into the QB lesson, we have a couple of different things that are going on here. First, we can look at it and we can just see that again in 2019, that a 2QB construction was better than a 3QB construction. Uh, slight edge and win rate, 8.6 to 8.3. Uh, that followed along with a win rate gap from the previous four years that we looked at when we were creating the 2019 lessons of an 8.8 to 8.1. So not huge, but enough that you definitely want to take that into consideration Uh, colin i'll put you on the spot here before we get to uh, really this this hack at the end and and uh, you know have those spoilers but uh, without looking at that yet do you have a preference two qb three qb in terms of how you put your leagues together
3: it's always you're always better at this stuff than me Uh, but i would be saying you know the, the three quarterbacks the one that i i tend to go for i know sometimes it's not always the best and i've learned from you over the years to make sure that we we get, we get the optimal lineup. But I tend to, to go with the tree. And the reason for that tends to be I tend to wait on quarterback and then I get concerned in those later rounds about uh, having two bad quarterbacks. So I've tended over the last couple of years to try and get quarterback a little bit earlier uh, and then and then try and get just the two in there. What, what are you going to tell me and the listeners now is the, the optimal way to roll with it?
1: Okay. So I think that that's, that's an interesting take. And I think, you know, certainly we do see that from drafters and that makes sense intuitively. And so that we want to look and see if this is actually the way it plays out. Now, the very first thing that almost everyone tends to know is that you don't want to go after that Patrick Mahomes type of player, even when it seems so clear that they're going to have that season again we know that if you drafted a quarterback in the first five rounds from 2015 to 2018 then you only won 6.5 percent of the time perhaps you're thinking okay well Patrick Mahomes was there this year it's going to be different and then unfortunately we know that he missed a few games with injury once he came back the Chiefs defense had risen up to the point where they didn't need to be quite as explosive and so the win rate was actually lower this season it was all the way down to four percent for people who took quarterbacks in those first five rounds We know not to do that, but the second part of the equation people tend to really shy away from for some of the reasons that you were talking about, which is that they wait too long to take their QB2, right? The research suggested coming into 2019 that there was a big advantage by taking your second quarterback by the end of round 12. That turned out to be the case again in 2019 with a 9.3% win rate drops way down if you don't do that and then here's our little hack that we're discussing here which is the three qb hack but it's a little bit different maybe than what you were suggesting where you're worried about the two bad qbs and you want to grab a third one when we look at the the data that shows that if you draft your second quarterback by round 12 then that raises the question in the mind well What if the problem with three quarterbacks isn't necessarily that you're using up a third roster spot, which is certainly a consideration, right? That's one of the reasons why people like to go with just two, but maybe that's not so much the problem as the fact that people are loading up on quarterbacks that aren't good enough. And so what if we take three quarterbacks, but we take them all within the window, we take them all between round six and round 12. The thing that we found was that, again, those first four years, 2015 to 2018, the win percentage was very good. 2019 that was again the case the win percentage jumps to 10.9 percent the top six percentage uh, to almost 59 percent and so we see that the three quarterback while it's not as successful overall most of that is because people are drafting them too late if you actually draft your three quarterbacks and get three good quarterbacks then that's the best way to play these best ball leagues so interesting especially when you look at the fact that that not that many drafters follow that approach. So not only is that the best way to play, but it's an exploitable opportunity here since it's not used very frequently. The other little thing to mention here is that this is especially impressive when you consider the differences between two defense and three defense, right? Now the three defensive construction is far more successful and far less popular, So again, this is a scenario where there's an exploitable opportunity because people are definitely playing leagues the wrong way. But then the interesting part about that is that not that many owners use both 3QB and 3Defense. The overlap for that was only like 418 players out of more than 2,500 3QB owners, right? So you're not having any overlap there. 3QB in the window, Was dominant despite the fact that you were actually losing out on this big boost from the three defense. So you have those two options there. You certainly want to play it one way or the other, I think. Where you have the three QB in the window, or you have the three defense. Talking about that now, does that change the way you would look at this? Where you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm actually going to try and go after those quarterbacks earlier, or are you still kind of sitting there thinking, you know? overall this probably works but i certainly want to get my guys and some of those guys will be going later
3: yeah no i would agree with you completely on it and you know it's always good to to get that opinion what i would be saying there is you know well i joked hopefully my quarterbacks don't be too bad but what i would be saying is usually you know you're kind of waiting to that maybe eighth ninth round and when you're getting to that stage then you're to try and get tree in before the 12th there's a pressure so um you know obviously the the strategy of getting tree in before the 12th rather than what i would tend to do sometimes is that uh, you know it's the 10th round get one and then there's another one in the you know 12th 13th and then another one in the 16th and it leaves you with that one in the 16th is kind of a wasted pick a lot of the time unless it's something that kind of comes from nowhere and has you know value that year but most of the time uh, it's not it's not going to be worth it so the the way you've mentioned that strategy um make, makes complete another sense and you know that's going into it a lot of the time i'll think through it like that and then we'll get into the draft and we'll see we'll see how things fall it could change but the tree quarterback window uh, is definitely like when you look at the the numbers when you look at the visualization and the article uh, there's a lot of green there there's there's not a lot of reason to to go opposite to that so I would highly recommend all the listeners uh, are following that as we get into this year in terms of uh, the if you were going for the three quarterbacks or the tree defenses Sean and any preference over which of those if you were only taking one strategy
1: I think that what it does is it gives you some flexibility to get into that 10, 11, 12 round range like you were talking about and know that, okay, if – I don't have the third quarterback here if there are other players that I have to hit on because I just have them too high on my board compared to where they're actually going to go in this draft. Then that gives you some flexibility because hitting on the three defenses late, you know, one of the things we know about defenses, you don't necessarily need to take it early. You maybe don't want to wait until the very 19th, 20th rounds because getting those very last defenses tends to be a little bit less effective, but it's not difficult to get your three defenses right. And so that's something you can always do as a backstop if you can't hit those QBs, one of the things that was a little bit interesting is that historically, both three QB and three defense hasn't been super effective. But it's a little bit tricky to decide on that because just not that many owners employ it the way it should be employed, so that we have the kind of sample to w- that we would know whether or not this would be effective if people are really doing it in 2019 having both of those actually gave gave you an incredible win rate and that was one of the things we were referencing on the show last week where if you used all of the lessons you know kind of exactly how they were put out there then you would have this 19 percent win rate so i think you can do both certainly if you do then it cuts down on the positions you have otherwise we talk about the onesie positions and you really want to have seven Players from that group. So you add tight end in. And one of the things, certainly with tight end uh, that we talk about in the workshop, is that you want to get that guy early, you know, give yourself that elite tight end, match him with another solid tight end there, try and stay to two as opposed to going with three, which is what most drafters are doing. So when you look at those one starter positions like that, QB, tight end, defense, certainly the tight end can go in the flex. But that's sort of the way that we want to play it, and we look at the different possible permutations of sort of the best lineup and want to make sure that we get one of those and the flexibility that it provides to have a little bit of differences depending on how each individual draft uh, turns out. I think that's that's a nice comfort to know that there are some slight differences, different paths you can take if you need to, and you still can follow your board and take best player available. You just want to do that and then remember what these optimal constructions
3: really are. I want to take a moment to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to place your bet on all things sports march madness the masters major league opening day are right around the corner bet online has you covered for all the latest news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up the best part when you sign up you can receive a 50 percent welcome bonus as a loyal podcast listener the wilder fury rematch goes down this saturday night and i am for one super excited about it i've been watching some recaps of their first fight uh, over the last couple of days on youtube i've been really enjoying getting into that And I suppose from this side of the pond, uh, we'll have to take Fury's side. So it's going to be an interesting one. If you want to head on over and place an actual uh, bet with some free money, head on over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BlueWire to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit we signed up it's super easy i'm getting involved this weekend with the fury match as i mentioned head on over and it's a great way as well to support the podcast once again that promo code is BlueWire, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag So, Sean, in the second half, we're going to have a look through a piece up on the website by Antonio Lozada. We're going to talk a little bit about should we care about volatility. We all know about volatility and and high variance, uh, and there's certain players that really do show that strong. You know, the old uh, one, I guess, would have been somebody like uh, Deshaun Jackson, then with Ted Ginn, then we have probably as high volatility as they come as Will Fuller although his low volatility I'm struggling with that word a lot of the time is based on him not being on the field based on him being injured um, but he was one of the players this last season who had you know a couple of a big big performances and then out that really didn't turn up uh, in terms of fantasy production another one who had a, a, a kind of a big big start of the year was uh, Amari Cooper um, and then it, it fell away you know in points for him as well and um, what what was your main takeaway looking at it in terms of you know what we should be looking at and how important volatility is to your roster is volatility something that you'd look to have you know on, on your roster in terms of chasing those big weeks at the risk of sometimes having those uh, zeros at the end of uh, at the end of a game?
1: Yeah. So there's a ton to unpack here. And this is a really cool piece uh, that Antonio has put together because you do have a lot of those questions of, you know, is volatility a thing? Can you predict it? If you can predict it, you know, what would you want? Would you want to have a lot of volatility? Would you want to have less? People tend to gravitate toward consistent players, but certainly there's an argument that, actually having that super high ceiling and the volatility that possibly comes with it is the is what you want to do and certainly that if you're putting together a roster of you know eight nine ten starters then the consistency is less important simply than the upside that a lot of that is going to wash out as you have those different starters interacting right one of the cool things that he's done here is he, he does a very good job of showing us the way in which volatility and scoring is related right and, and this only makes sense the higher the scoring of the player's The more volatility there is, there's a lot more ability for players to go up and down in scoring when you're at the 15 point per game range. And you could go down to five, you can go up to 30, you can go up to 40 uh, compared to those guys who are scoring, you know, two, three, four, five points. And one of the tricky things about this and the thing that he really demonstrates very well in this piece is that a lot of what we think in terms of being able to predict volatility is really just predicting scoring right? Almost all of the predictive ability that volatility has comes from these guys who don't score any points. And so they're not very volatile. Once you get up into the range where players are scoring at the starting level, the predictiveness from one season to the next drops to almost nothing. So then the question that we have is, you know, does our intuition tell us something that the stats will not, you know, are there certain guys that we want to be do uh, we want to shy away from still and i think that that question then comes down to the individual owner one of the cool things that he's done in the article here is not just go through and show you uh, the connection between scoring and volatility and then the inability to predict volatility year to year is go through and give us Uh, charts looking at a lot of these players in terms of where they scored and how volatile they are and one of the things that he says is that even though you know you may not have this predictiveness from one season to the next a lot of these guys who do show up on the charts as being the most volatile that will fit with our intuition and a couple of the guys that he mentioned that you mentioned will fuller amari cooper they show up there at the very far end of the volatility scale and I think the concern for those guys is they maybe don't show up quite as high in terms of total points. And so you have some guys like Calvin Johnson a little bit higher, certainly in terms of guys who are still playing. You have Christian McCaffrey, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have A.J. Green way up there toward the top. So looking at these charts, are there any individual guys who really excite you? Players you think maybe are about to break out and move from you know, one scoring level to the next uh what are you seeing in this chart with the individual players that jumps out
3: it's a, it's a little bit tricky in terms of who who might break out you know there's a there's a lot of players in there you would expect as you mentioned um you know i i wouldn't uh, when you look back at it now in hindsight you know the one thing this article did was amari uh, cooper obviously you know throughout the season had those big weeks and then he had the, had the down weeks as well but my opinion of him kind of stayed the same even in those down weeks and when you look through um the the piece in general and i must say as well um you know this for for rotova's uh long-time uh listeners or long-time readers uh, you know in terms of getting those visualizations in there this one is one of the the more visually impactful ones that the, the data is a lot easier to break down by seeing it on the site so I, I would highly recommend everyone to check this one out um over the course of the week just the the data that's packed into it will we'll be going over some of it but we will not be able to do it justice in certain parts just by by looking through them um looking looking through the list i find it hard to to break into people i thought was going to break out what it what it really did for me is the volatility give me pause for concern over over certain players because you know when when amari cooper for example was with um with with the raiders there was always that problem for well for a couple of seasons there was no production but there was always the volatility of those big big games compared to those uh no shows and that kind of for me had kind of drifted away a little bit when he was with the cowboys and this kind of reinforced in my opinion that it hadn't really gone away overall it was just that there was a little bit more consistency at the start of the season and um, so it's kind of given me pause on the players who I thought um, were probably a little bit less volatile than I expected to show up here and um, so that that was my main kind of takeaway but when you look at it was there players that you were able to see that you thought might be about to take that next step uh, or do you think they're, <laughs> they're likely to stay in that high volatility range?
1: Well, one of the things that we want to look at here is, again, kind of the total volume. And if the total volume is there, uh, whether that's in terms of targets, whether that's in terms of the total target depth. So you're looking at the overall volume of the targets within the context of how deep those targets are. And the players that you're really scared of are these players who don't have the target volume, but have these deep shots to where you know that they're going to pop every once in a while, but they're very difficult to play week to week. And you mentioned Deshaun Sean Jackson, and he's certainly someone who, even when healthy, has been a little bit tricky, but at the point where he's available... He's almost always a good pick because those total points will be there. I think the thing that when you look at a Will Fuller, you look at an Amari Cooper, and you remember the fact that a lot of the volatility here is probably a mirage that it makes you feel more comfortable about going in and getting those guys with Will Fuller. The thing that we know is that he needs to stay healthy with Amari Cooper. The thing that we know there is that if he could stay a little bit healthier and the offense that he's in would solidify a little bit then he becomes this absolutely fantastic value so looking at these guys certainly anyone who is getting consistent volume but their production has been inconsistent in the past those guys are going to almost certainly be mild values and i think players you would attack because we wouldn't expect them to continue to have these extremes in the future when the talent based on a long stretch of of strong overall performances overall production and the volume both in terms of what they've had in the past and what we would expect them to see in their offenses going forward if that volume is there we want to grab them up and not worry about the fact that they've had some down performances and had some 40 point games because those 40 point games are going to win you some fantasy titles
3: yeah it's it's i I do think it's a fantastic piece by uh, Antonina, i would i would advise you all to head on over and look at it because uh, there's just uh, stacks and stacks of graphs there that make it much easier to, to digest so head on over and check that out on the website that is going to do it for the second show off the week here as we wrap it up on road overtime uh, today's show as i mentioned earlier was brought to you by betonline.ag make sure you're subscribed on all your favorite devices to listen to the show once it comes out two shows a week as i mentioned at the start of the show they will be ready for you usually on a tuesday or thursday evening or a wednesday or friday morning i usually put them out on the uh, regular overtime feed uh, a day earlier a couple of hours early so do make sure you're subscribed to both those feeds to get it as soon as possible as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to Maryland. joined as always by sean siegel uh, make sure you're checking out all the great work over on rotoviz over the next couple of days as we get ready for to bring you another show next week yeah so do 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 check that out and until we're back with another one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the podcast by subscribing to RotoViz at a 10% discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.